I'm thankful for this opportunity and uh, thankful for all of you who are, who are here. We give honor to our pastor and his first lady in his absence. We thank you, Lord, for our pastor. We have a great pastor and a great bishop. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the elders who are here and for the deacons and for the ministers and for all of you, my father's children. There is a word from the Lord. And uh, we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we'll get right into it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you would have me behind the cross, O oh Lord. Use me for your will and for your glory. Allow me to decrease that you might increase, O oh Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my eternal redeemer. So if you, if you have your, your Bibles with you, my text is coming from Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. Reason on this wise. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, that go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. And for a title, I like to use let my people go. Can I talk to my peeps for a minute? Anybody been ripped off by the devil and his imps? Let me ask you all a question. How long you been free? I know some of y'all are going to say, going to give me that head swivel, the two snaps, hands on the hips, stand up and exclaim, I was born free. But slavery in America started around 1776. That's 241 years ago. The Emancipation Proclamation states, enacted by President Abraham Lincoln in 1862 says, we's free. So that's 155 years ago. Now that's not up to Israel's time in bondage, 400 years, but still, that's quite a few lifetimes. When I was coming up, I remember all the places that we lived, and most of them were, most of those memories were good. Can you imagine being taken from your home to some other country? For me, it's like going from Chicago to Knoxville, Tennessee, about 500 miles. But this culture is not yours, but otherworldly. How would you fare? Black people as a whole, could be compared to this transplanted culture. Our ancestors came from the motherland, although generationally, we are more American than African. But yet, does not deny the adverse effects of our cultural transmigration, where we are continually under attack. Uh, author James Cone says, puts it, he says, we are socially marginalized by other races. So when did you realize that you are not as free as you thought? Richard Pryor gives a quintessential description of racial profiling. In his monologue of driving with his date to the movies on Friday night, that was my night too, after receiving his mega salary of $80, take home pay, the police pull him over for some unknown reason. You know the routine, hands up, get up against the wall. I'll leave out the X-rated parts. 
But you know the effects that are felt for a lifetime. I can use LAPD or Chicago PD or New London PD for that matter. Tells this story of travesty of injustice typical for most black males. And after police finish with their abuse, Richard says to his date, let's just go home and look at TV, baby. Is there no wonder that the Blackstone Rangers, gang warfare, Jesse Jackson, Operation Push, Stokely Carmichael, Angela Davis, and the Black Panther Party emerged to fight the powers that be? Dehumanization of another by abuse of authority, that's freedom in America, and doesn't seem like much has changed since the 60s. Our text states in Exodus 8:1, and the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Now God prepares him for duty by giving him instructions on what to say to Pharaoh. And here's what he says, Exodus 7 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. And in verse 3 it says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. What is God saying? Point one, God is eternal. God says, I'm a great God above all the gods of Egypt. Pharaoh thinks he's both divine and human. And when he dies, he goes off into the stars to unite with, with, with his gods. But just because I caused you to hold my people in bondage for 400 years, time's up. This is to let you know who I am and who you're messing with. You see, you see Moses' staff, watch it, turn into a snake. And you, you could do that, but I can eat your snake. Can you do that? You give up yet? No, not yet. What do you call your, your Nile God? Anaket. Yeah, well, you better call him, because I'm turning your water into blood. You ready to let him go yet? No, not yet. You got a God for frogs? What's his name? Heket. Yeah, well, you better call him too, because there are going to be frogs everywhere. You ready to let him go now? No, nah, not yet. You might want to call him the Scorpion King God too, because you're going to have lice and flies in your face. Who's bad? You ready to let him go yet? Nah, not yet. I'm God alone, eternal. Now, I've got some more pain for you and more death for your animals and boils for your man and beast. You better call on your bull god, Anhur, but that's not enough because I'm taking you out with rain and hail. Ask your weather god, Shu, for some help. But you ready to let him go now? No, not yet. Let me just cut to the chase. I'm gonna take out all of your firstborn. It's your god of creation, Petah, against me, and I want some more blood. You ready now? Nah, not yet. Then finally God says, I want more blood. So I want you to cross the Red Sea and die for me the true and living God eternal. You hear me now? Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Eternal God. Here's another reason for God's confrontation with Israel and Pharaoh. Point two, God makes Pharaoh an example. One of my mother's favorite sayings was, I can show you much better than I can tell you. And now I'm thinking to myself, got to be more careful. You don't know when, 
You don't know where, you don't know how. But you know two things. You screwed up, and you know that mama don't play. You get at one of those Richard Pryor moments where mama flashbacks as a UFO, unidentified flying object, comes, goes upside your head or other important parts. What's the point of God's confrontation with Israel and Pharaoh? 40 years in the wilderness, 400 years in Egyptian bondage. God uses Egypt in more ways than one. Yes, as an example to Egypt, to show Israel that, they were, that their gods are not able to do what the true and living God can, and as a living, eternal testament through the use of the Passover. This is an example that God gives Israel as a nation, an instrument of God's amazing power to deliver his people in a time of trouble. We're in trouble times, y'all. Can I get a witness? In times like these, we need a savior. It took God four chapters, Exodus 8 through Exodus 11, to exact sufficient punishment upon Pharaoh that ends with the death of all of the firstborn. But these aren't the only examples in the text. Now imagine if you were Pharaoh, at this time head of the greatest civilization on earth, and your slaves are living in Goshen. And while Egypt is afflicted with frogs, lice, flies, you name it, over in Goshen, where Israel is, Pharaoh is made to witness the mercy of God on his people. Now, saints of God, the world may be going through, but you're in Goshen. The psalmist puts it like this. Psalms 91.10 says, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Sometimes, God uses us as an example. Do you remember the time before you got saved? Some of y'all might have to go back a while. But it seemed that even though you were doing everything you wanted to do in the natural, you still weren't right. Your soul wasn't right. But you didn't know what was wrong. You just knew you were not right. That's God using you as an example. You see what you did over here? You see what the consequences were? Now, do you learn anything? Do you need another object lesson, or do you get it? That's the wee small voice of God using us as an example. In Exodus 11:5, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. This is the last point. God eliminates. God eliminated all the firstborn of Egypt. So you may ask, when will we as a people be free? When will God set the captives free? In 1776, the Declaration of Independence states, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. In 1975, the movie network came on the scene with the Howard Beale Show, whose illustrious quote to his audience was intentionally inspired to incite a riot. I'm mad as heaven, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. And he didn't use heaven. And I want you to get up, go to the window, and shout out loud your outrage at the establishment. What am I talking about? It's called liberation theology, or righteous indignation. This ain't new, but 
you want some help to get to your shouting window? Come on, let's go back with me in the Wayback Machine. Let me be your bomb in Gilead. We can call on Thurgood Marshall. In 1967, he was America's first black Supreme Court Justice and wrote, I ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. We can call on Jesse Jackson. What did Jesse say? I am somebody. I am God's child. I am somebody. You can call on Martin Luther King. Dr. King was a pastor, led the Montgomery, Alabama bus boycott, founded the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, SCLC, wrote the Civil Rights Manifesto, letter from a Birmingham jail, led the march on Washington in 1964, where 300,000 people showed up and showed out, wrote the I Have a Dream speech, which along with the Selma to Montgomery march, led to the passing of the Voting Rights Act. And in 1960, 1986, the third Monday of January, we celebrate Martin Luther King Day. We can call on Obama, first black president, served two terms. But we can also call on the master. In John 2:15, and when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. Why should we be shouting? We are living in this present age where this administration has created a global toxic environment where their idea of America first has put democracy last, last in moral justice, last in fairness, last in rightness. I know what you're thinking. We is modern. Ain't nobody got me in bondage. I is free. That's putting us in bondage. Some of us got the idol of jealousy. That's putting us in bondage. Some of us got the idol of hate that's putting us in bondage. Some of us got the idol of deception that's putting us in bondage. Maybe I didn't hit your idol, but we're all the body of Christ. I may not be the head, but if you stub your toe, you better believe the whole body feels it. So our present day Pharaoh have been transformed into any of those who would want to keep you in bondage, keep you subjugated, keep you enslaved. Here's the legacy of the modern day saints. You want to eliminate the way God does? You got to use his keys. Matthew 69 says, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And now we're little gods. We can bind and loose in the name of Jesus. We can take one last look at the text we see the last plague upon the people of Egypt. That's in Exodus 11:5, And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. So what just happened? God has pronounced anathema, destruction, divine punishment upon a people, upon a nation for his own glory. So, soldiers of the cross, we got to do like Jesus did in Ephesians 4 and 8. He led captivity captive. He sets the captives free to pronounce anathema on the devil so that we look at this another way, what do we know about where God is? What do we know about God? In 1 Corinthians 14, 33, it says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So we as the people of God must eliminate confusion. Whenever you see death and destruction 
and devilment. You know that that is not of God. But God's son tells us in John 10, 10, the thief come not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So saints, in case you don't know, now you know our job is to eliminate death of the body, theft of the spirit, and destruction of the souls. So when you see these signs and wonders, don't get upset. Don't get perturbed. Relax in the confidence of God's word. Wherever there's a proclamation of God's word, there's a demonstration of God's power. So just put on your armor over your loins, girded about with truth, over your chest a breastplate of righteousness, over your sheet shy with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and take the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So realize the saints of God, don't wait till the battle is over, shout now. Don't wait till the battle is over, shout now. Don't wait till the battle is over, shout now. And realize from 2 Chronicles 20:15, hearken ye all, Shiloh, New London, thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of the great multitude, but the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. That's the word of the Lord. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. I'm free. Praise the Lord. I'm free.